1: Hi, this is Chris Cooper and great to be back with you again for uh, yet another week and uh, today I'm going to be talking with uh, my guest, Joe Simpson, um, about uh, restless executive to courageous leader. Before I do that, though, I'd like to say a big thank you to my guest last week, Liam Black. It was fascinating to learn more about social entrepreneurship and how to lead businesses with this social angle from one of the sector's leading lights. And it appears that there is just no limit to the creativity that can be applied to create a truly social business or to in- incorporate social principles into your business. If you want to find out more about that, do listen to the show with Liam. So This week, I was delighted to spend time with a previous show guest, Roger Masterson, the castle man. I was up in Spring Kell, a beautiful Scottish estate in Dumfriesshire, with owners James and Rachel and their wonderful family. Their energy to transform a derelict estate into what is becoming today a prime wedding venue is truly inspirational. James and Rachel have gone from restless London executive to, in my view, courageous leaders by taking on such a large, courageous project, which leads us on really nicely to today's show. So are you a restless executive? Because during this show, I'm going to be talking to Joe Simpson, who was last with me over three years ago, I can't believe it's been that long, and we're going to talk about the lessons from her new book, The Restless Executive, Reclaim Your Values, Love What You Do, and Lead With Purpose, and the book has just been launched, and I'm delighted to hear from Joe that it's actually a bestseller on Amazon today uh, in its category, so a big well done to Joe. and this show will be a must for anyone wishing to join the enlightened leaders of today's new business paradigm. Yeah, I know Joe really well as both a friend and a colleague. So trust me, this is going to be valuable. Joe Simpson is a leading authority in values-based leadership, and it was her journey to Dubai in 2005 that inspired her to establish her groundbreaking company and to pioneer coaching and mentoring in the Middle East. She was helping to transform the business and management culture of numerous international and locally based organisations. Companies that have entrusted Joe to work with her. And their senior leaders include Barclays Bank, Microsoft, Nokia, Virgin, L'Oreal. And I can testify that she's an engaging keynote speaker and also she's a great executive leadership coach. Since returning to the UK in 2010, she continues to pioneer her methodologies for values-based leadership and innovative team development. And her latest book, The Restless Executive, shares her first-hand experience that the key to lasting empowerment and transformation for leaders and their teams Lies in aligning with their core values to become the intuitive, enlightened leaders of today's new business paradigm. So, a big welcome to my guest today, Joe Simpson.
2: Thanks, Chris. Great to be here again. I can't believe it's over three years ago. It seems like yesterday. It does, doesn't it?
1: I, I can't believe it. It's amazing, incredible. That, but we are—we're we're here three and a half years, I think, late on. And uh, I wonder, therefore, Joe, you know, what have you been doing since our last interview, which was back in January 2012?
2: Yes. um, Well, what what have I been doing? Quite a lot. I think. I think one of the key things you already mentioned about my book that seems to um, have been quite a while in the making, with ideas formulating and you know making notes and sort of looking what's happening with my clients, and it just kept coming to me more and more and more um, to be written. So that that's probably one of the biggest things I've done, together with the launch of my. Values Discovery Days that I've been running for just over three years now, which is is my flagship program for really getting people into the heart of who they are, um, to discover their values and really look at what they mean to them and how they show up in their life. Um, you know, when when we last spoke, we spoke about values, so you know how passionate I am about it, and I've really been developing and extending the work I do. With values and working with intuition as well, because that's that's also a big part of it. But to look at how I can get the message out, my message out, um, even more on on a wider scale.
1: Excellent. And for those people who've not listened to that interview, and it's in the archive if you want to, if you want to go back and have a listen. um, You know, I remember from that conversation and our subsequent ones that you know this concept of values which i know is very dear to you well it's actually very dear to us all that we may not always realize it. um it that that sort of transformational moment for you it came you know in the middle east didn't it when you you suddenly got this desire to come back again to the uk
2: yes yeah that was that was interesting because that was um i've made a lot of decisions in my life based on my intuition and i really do believe that your values are your intuition made conscious because deep down, we all do know what it is that we're meant to be doing or that we want to do, but something stops us. And I think when I went out to Dubai, I moved out there very, very much on my intuition and moving back the same. From a logical point of view, I had a great business, and um, was speaking and coaching, working with fantastic people, lo- loved it. Um, and just something kept in the book, and I I know you're probably going to mention it later, but in the book, I talk about how we keep getting nudges in life. And if we don't listen to the nudges, something happens and it keeps happening and it won't go away and it gets bigger. Um, and I just kept hearing this voice inside that was, it's time to move back to the UK. So, um, I thought, well, it doesn't really make any logical sense, but I know enough about intuition to follow it. And on checking in with my values to, you know, to really just solidify the decision, um, I thought, yeah, you know, it's time, it's time to go back. I've been here for five years. It's time to go and support and help leaders in my own country now. So, yeah, I came back.
1: So I guess that was quite a courageous decision, really, to you've created something there that was successful. And, and to some extent, you're probably starting again, were you?
2: It really, really did feel like that, Chris. Um, and, and I look back and I think I've thought it twice actually, moving out from London to Dubai, where I didn't really know many people, to set up a coaching business and then moving back. And I think there's a fine line between courageous and um, sometimes thinking, Oh, were well, you mad? <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, it, very, very courageous decisions. And it's, it's stepping into harness what I know and believe in because. If your intuition's there and you, know, and you check in and you can see why it aligns with your values, it can only work. So, you know, I have to walk my own talk and think, you know, if you're helping people make big courageous decisions, you've got to make them yourself. And, um, and I did. And I, and I moved back. I didn't want to move back into my apartment in London. Um, I decided to move back to my parents in Nottingham while I kind of figured it out. And, yeah, I went through a real transition of looking at how I wanted to do things and I knew I really wanted to specialize in values because when I was in the Middle East, values were a huge part of what I did, but they were encompassed with a lot of other coaching work and executive coaching. And so not only was the transition of moving back, but the transition of, you know, how do I actually bring my work to the world in a specialist way? Um yeah, well I, it, it was hard going for a while. It was like wading in treacle, but then you know transition transition is and to take yourself through that, you know, ultimately it gets us to uh, somewhere beautiful and magical, which happens along the way as well. But
1: to so about talking about beautiful, I think your book is very nicely packaged. Um what inspired you to write it?
2: Thank you. It's what inspired me to write it was most of my clients, and in fact, quite a lot of my clients have read it and endorsed it. And they've said, have you written about me? So it was my clients, but first and foremost, my own journey, because I have also been a restless executive. And in terms of the work, there was something within me that I could go into one company and help their leaders, their teams wherever it might be or I could work with people one-on-one or run a values discovery day and it was I just wanted to just it sounds cliche but I really just wanted to make a difference to people and I thought I have had first-hand experience of the power of values and intuition and I can teach it in small groups or speak to a bigger audience from a stage but I, I just really wanted to get it out there so it could help more people and I believe, and I hope you agree, I've made it quite a comprehensive book so that people can actually go on their own journey as they follow the journey of, um, of the main character because I've written it as a fable.
1: Excellent, yeah. I um, have to confess to you, I've not finished it all yet and I'm actually saving it for my holiday in a couple of weeks. because I think it's going to be a really good book to take away and reflect on. Um,
2: Absolutely, yeah, do that.
1: And so I wonder, what do you mean by The Restless Executive? How do you define it?
2: Well, the, the, the thing for me is if they're restless, there's this feeling inside, and it can mean a few different things. So I would open it up to the listeners to ask, what does restless mean for them? But some ideas are, you, you feel like maybe something's missing inside, and it niggles, and it doesn't go away. Or you know that you've got to make a decision, and you're not sure what decision to make. It might be that you have been frustrated for a while or something keeps really niggling and nudging you inside to do something and maybe you're not acting on it. And also, I think the real sort of positive thing of being restless, some people are very restless because they've got so many ideas and you know, particularly entrepreneurs have got ideas, big visions, and they just want to get onto it and get it all done um, and we can get restless because of... A bit of impatience, really.
1: It makes, uh, makes sense. So, what sort of, I mean, I guess there's some sort of uh, nudges and things we necessarily shouldn't follow.
2: Well, yeah. I, <laughs> 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 I suppose it depends who's doing the nudging. Um, but I think it, it's the nudges that are, uh, are really showing up for you that, you know, we all get blocked by, and even if we don't think it consciously, by fears. But it's you know the nudges that are maybe telling you to go and step out. Uh, for me, write the book. It's been within me for seven years. It's been it's been there, being nudged to write it, and you know for whatever reason, I do believe it is the right time now. But I know I'd make notes and then I would do mind maps, and it kept coming and coming, and it wouldn't go away. And it's there's the positive side of it. What would be the nudges that we we don't want to listen to? Um, I think we've got to discern ourselves between what's good for us and what's bad for us. And are we being stopped because of our own resistance or fears? And I had to do quite a lot of work around mine to, to get this, this book out and get out of my own way, quite frankly, um, because it's about the message in the book. And, you know, I think we all get blocks when we're, we're going to do something big.
1: I think the point you make there, you know, is it, is it good, I suppose, you know, the, if these nudges are going to take you towards your dreams of the future and, your, you know, your vision and, and they excite you and that sort of thing, then those sorts of things you should uh, act upon. Yes. Um, and uh, so but that's the sort of maybe a test that you apply. We've just got a couple of minutes before we go to break. But what do you think uh, are some of the problems that your book really does address for people?
2: I think it helps people get back in touch with what's important to them. Um, I believe a lot of people... Have lost or lose touch with what is truly important, and don't necessarily have the time or take the time to stop and think what that is. And very often it's a lot easier with somebody else asking you the questions. and I ask a lot in the in the book. Um, it is to just take that time out and say, what is important to me and and am I living that? Am I being true to myself? And it is what I'm doing in my life, in my business, in my organization aligned to that that matters most because that's when we feel restless when we're not being true to ourselves
1: wonderful well when we come uh, into the next segment we're going to talk about the four kind of key elements of the book which is the disconnect the discovery the transformation and leading in the new world so um, do join us again in just a couple of minutes to find out uh, much more about uh, you know how you can tame your restlessness and uh, become more courageous and achieve more of what you want. So we'll be back again with you again in just a couple of minutes.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here
0: voice America
3: business network.
0: Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel
3: dog barking or an angel singing then you know that you're listening to waking up in america heard every wednesday at three pacific time valerie kirkhard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential adventure is always a must on waking up in america with valerie kirkhard every wednesday at three pacific when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
0: You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper.
1: So, Jo, I mentioned before the break that there's four key segments to your book, the disconnect, the discovery, the transformation, and leading in the new world. Now, I wonder, before we go into them in some detail, if you could give us a quick overview of them so we understand the sequence.
2: Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Um, And The book follows the journey of of a gentleman called William Cleverly. So it's told as a fable. It says he goes through these four stages in his personal and professional life. The disconnect, we've probably covered quite a lot in what we were talking about with being restless. It's that identifying you know when you're not in alignment and how do you know and sometimes it takes you know, if we have these nudges sometimes it takes something big to kind of make us stop in our tracks and listen um, I know with my own somebody asked me a question at the right time and it just stopped me and made me think actually what am I doing am I being true to me um, then into the discovery and this really starts to go into the values discovery process to ask some questions like, what's important? Um, what, what is it that um, people enjoy, that the Restless Executive, in this case, enjoys? And to a lot of my processes are in there because I've combined it with a very practical guide to not only discover your values, but look at the importance of the priority of them, how you actually honor your values with yourself and with others, and you know uh, what happens when other people, how dare they actually trigger your values, And um, what happens when we get in internal conflict? That's another cause of restlessness, but how we break out of internal conflict because we can have conflict within our own values. So that discovery part goes really sort of deep into all the values and your intuition in terms of what to do with it, how to recognize it and where it shows up. And then going into the transformation, this is really how it's all put into action so within decisions that are made uh, relationships that are formed and built upon and continued goals how to set goals visions intentions in alignment with values to also think about you know if you're working in your own business or an organization that are you aligned in that business so really i think three of the key things are how you make your decisions build your relationships and set and importantly, achieve your goals. Because if your goals aren't aligned with your values, you're probably not going to be very energized towards achieving them. Um, and I talk in there about having courageous conversations with people um, to actually to build deeper relationships. And then leading in the new world, this is really opening up to letting go, to letting go of being in our ego, to looking at collaboration and to really trust in each other so that people work together as a whole. And the character in the book, William, in Leading in the New World, he really starts to make changes within his team and to look at other people for who they are. So while most of the book's about his own journey, it brings it out into interactions and bringing out the best in other people and getting him to look at how he lives his life and what's healthy for him, letting go of some bad habits and looking at all the things that sort of need to go to be a more caring, compassionate and courageous leader.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And We we talked about uh, nudges quite a bit earlier on in the the disconnect. And uh, I don't know, is is there anything else you can tell us about these? I know people do sometimes feel these these urges, but... uh, um, you know, is, is this about is this about nudges that occur with uh, you know a high frequency, such that really you should be acting upon them?
2: Yes, I think I think sometimes they can start off very faint, almost like you just get an inkling one day and you think, well, what's that? You know, maybe write a book, or um, you know, maybe if you're within an organisation, the company are doing things one way, and you've maybe moulded into the way of the company yet you know it doesn't feel right to you and you know that you've got to do things a different way but something stops you and it comes again and it comes again and it comes again and each time it gets bigger and one of the things that um without going into too much detail of the books I hope people will buy it and, and read the story um but ultimately it can affect our health if we're getting nudges to change ourselves and we don't listen, then, you know, we, we we hear stories and people might have a heart attack or a stroke or, you know, hopefully not, but something worse if we don't listen. And you'll often hear people who have been stopped in their tracks and, and had something serious illness wise say, do you know what, I knew this was coming, now I look back, you know, that happened and this happened and I used to get out of breath when I did that and I'd get stressed and I'd get headaches and I didn't stop. So it's it's really really listening to them <clears throat> before something major happens.
1: Mm. Uh, sometimes I think um and you know, for me they it's not always, uh <clears throat> sometimes it's quite a visual thing for me. I kind of see it in my head because I'm thinking, you've got me thinking about some of my nudges in my past. And I had one, which was I was used to work in. Was working in an office and I was just got frustrated with sitting in that same, same space regularly. And I just started to dream of, uh, of working in my garden.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, now in the summer I work in my garden all the time whenever I can. Um So I guess I, you know, kind of acted upon it um, so it was, a, it was a visual thing another thing for me visually I used to start to think of myself uh, standing and speaking in front of a large audience it scared me scared me uh, at one point in time but now I do that as you do as well um, so I suppose I listened to them and I acted upon them it was yes. a visual thing
2: isn't it yeah otherwise something would have happened Chris and dragged you onto a stage and made you do it <laughs>
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, but they sort of came, yeah they came in you know obviously in advance and they helped me with a decision to move forward.
2: Yes, and I, and I think it's it's um, quite often the the obvious is already there. It's the and this is where the courageous piece comes in because it's having the courage to act on them, and you know, that's where really doing some deeper work around our core values. I think all too often it's paid lip service or people think they do know their values. But once you get, okay, so what is it that drives me and what's the order on that? And if somebody knows they're driven, for example, uh, and I don't know yours, but you know, um, by freedom, creativity, adventure, and they're doing something that doesn't meet those values, then they're not going to be very happy or fulfilled. And something is going to keep nudging them until they make a change. And it doesn't always have to be a big drastic change. You know, in fact, I, don't, and I say to people, don't, you don't necessarily always need to make, make the big drastic changes. Quite often, it's just a tweak. And it's not always leaving where you are. Because if you leave whatever you're doing, be it running your own business or working in a company, then if you've not done this inner work on yourself, it's likely to happen again. So it, it helps us to make more informed decisions.
1: So, Joe, we're sort of moving into the discovery section now, you know, about discovering your values, defining your values and igniting them. How do you discover and define them?
2: Okay, so do, discover, um, and I like to keep this, this quite simple. So, there's, there's many questions that you could ask to really get out of somebody what it is that brings them alive. Because when we're alive, it is pretty likely we're living our values. But just three questions, three powerful questions. What's important to you? What do you enjoy and what frustrates you? So um, what's important to you? What's important to you, Chris? Tell me something that's important to you, live coaching. Yeah, okay.
1: Well, I think the things that are important to me is that I inspire people, um, that I take responsibility for things, um, freedom, as you mentioned a little earlier, and I think that freedom, in terms of freedom to work in my garden and have a not be tied down and uh, also to have uh, lots of fun
2: brilliant so what you know what i've heard there is inspiring freedom fun you no know, responsibility and and these may or may not be your values but just from listening to your answer to that question we start to hear words come out that that resonate and i do a little bit of, of deeper work with you um on that to make sure that they were and i'm sure you know your values anyway so i just sort of play in there but um, you know, it might be when you said you, know, you like inspiring people. It, it, we can go further with that question. Say, what does it give you? Because sometimes the first answer that people give doesn't necessarily mean it's gone straight to the core value. So, um, quite often I say to people, what's important? And, I'm, and I know this is for you, Chris. But um, you know, people will say, my family. My family is important. And then when we actually get under it and say, what does that give you? We get different answers from people. So, you know, you might have love, support, belonging, fun, connection, whatever it might be. And then the values sort of come off underneath. So the question, what's important to you? What do you enjoy? That does the same um, sort of thing in principle. So, you know, what is it you enjoy? One of the things I enjoy is skiing. What does skiing give me? energy connection fun, i make a difference to my own skiing and interestingly enough they are some of my core values that are also important to me in the work that i do
0: yes
1: yeah, so yeah. a lot of people a lot of people would articulate as family and money and uh, or, or um, charity or whatever but when you when you probe a bit deeper you you obtain more
2: yes and i think it's, it's getting under those words that are the key drivers then we can build back up from them because your core values drive you um, and they drive all your decisions your relationships your goals and quite often it's unconsciously happening and when we make it more conscious then it helps us to make more informed and courageous decisions
1: it's really powerful stuff this joe at 20 be 20 years ago now I went through a, an exercise and that, you know I, I I reeled off inspiration, really responsibility, freedom and fun because I identified those as things that really brought me alive. Mm. Um, and what they do is they, you know, with working operating to those principles, even though I didn't think at the time I was, but also combined with my purpose, which is about helping people realise their potential. Um and for me that statement has stuck with me for 20 years and I still use it today. Uh, and still reflect upon it, um so it helps me make helps me make decisions really and
2: um, and obviously, I, I have the benefit of of knowing you as a friend and a colleague as as well um Chris it, it was almost as though you didn't need to say them because you can see you live them and and then that's the beauty of people really being in line with their values you You can see it, you can see it in who they are, how they act, you know, and um, you're always happy when I see you anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Do me best. (laughs) Do you have my moments, (laughs) as we all do. Um, So how do you how do you really kind of ignite your values?
2: That's about the things that I've mentioned. So let's say you're making a decision. Let's take that as an example. So if you've got a decision to make, get your values out and say, if I make this decision, is it in line with my values or is it not? And it might not be as cut and dried as that. The decision might meet one or two of your values and it might not meet some of the others. And this is where looking at the priority of your values, which are your most important values. And again, I I do go through that in the book. um, But they help us make decisions. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be easy. But if you look at your values sort of in black and white and you think, okay, well, if I make this decision, it's going to meet with my value of, connection, freedom, making a difference, but it's not going to meet my value of um, fun or learning. Am I going to make it? And in an ideal world, we might think, well, actually, I want it to meet all of them, but this particular decision might not. So what this helps you do is make a more informed decision and say, okay, I'm going to make the decision and I'm going to be happy that with this decision, it's not really going to meet fun and learning But at least I know why I'm making the decision that I'm making. So it helps us make more informed, conscious decisions. They also help us massively in our relationships because by me talking to you, and you've just shared some of yours, but before you share, I know that you have a set of values with a set of meanings, and I also have a set. So it would enable us to have a better conversation because if we were going to go into a project together, we could actually have a real informed conversation, say, what's in, ask what's important to each other. And, you know, a lot of people here just don't go deep enough. So I've seen it all too often and, and in the past I've done it myself. And you might go into a, a joint venture or a partnership or working in a team and you say, yes, honesty is important. Great. Off we go but without saying actually what does that mean to you and where does it show up in your life and what would happen if so it helps us build relationships it helps us resolve conflict you know on the same token if I know that um you've got a set of values and we've had maybe had a um conflict about something I could just ask questions and say okay well this has happened Chris what was it that was really important to you about this and you might say something well it was the responsibility joe you know it was it was all about responsibility whereas i might be completely looking at it from the point of view of making a difference and we might have a clash until we actually have the conversation and say how do we bring the responsibility and the making a difference together Mm -hmm. so it enables us to really 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 do that and they become a solid foundation for our goals and our vision to get them in alignment as well. Make sure that whatever it is you're setting out for yourself, that it meets your values.
1: It's a very, very mature conversation because I completely get that and somebody's interpretation of honesty could be very different to someone else's and also someone's, uh, you know, may have an intention around honesty, but their behaviour is completely different.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, so I guess you've got to get underneath that. How, just really interested, actually. You, you know, that using your values for decision making is, you know, quite an introspective internal process. When, if you've got a really big decision, how important is it to also maybe do, do due diligence with others, or do you think it can be achieved through personal inter, introspection? I
2: think you. I personally think you've got to do a bit of both. Mm. I think there's. Um, the the personal introspection and the conversation I would really want to sort of talk to you on a personal level if if I'm using you as an example Chris but you know what I mean it could be it could be anybody but um, I would want to check the things that are important and get an understanding of their values without without asking the question what are your values because I think that sends people on a bit of a shopping list for oh honesty integrity truth Um, but I think due diligence is, is always got to be done in terms of background experience And I'm going to bring the intuition piece in here because this is where we do know if you've got a funny feeling about somebody that's not great, then you should listen to it. Whereas if it feels really, really good, then it generally is. And I normally check in and say, does it feel light or does it feel heavy? And it's trusting your intuition, but then doing some due diligence to back it up you know mainly for peace of mind I think when you get to a point if you're using your intuition very regularly I think you can just get a feeling of whether something's right or not and if you trust it enough yes of course act on it but use it as a gauge and say feel a bit like this doesn't feel quite right rather than me just go into it I'm going to do some background checking and ask some questions.
1: Joe, it, makes, it, makes, it all makes a huge amount of sense. Uh, we're going to go to another commercial break now. When we come back, we're going to talk about what you do when you know some of your values have been uh, triggered, and we're going to start talking about things like uh, how to have courageous conversations and how to lead in the new world. So do join us. There's lots more coming in just a couple of minutes, and uh, we shall be back with you again very soon.
3: comes to business you'll find the experts here
0: voice america business network hi i'm rebecca costa host of the costa report every tuesday at 6 a.m and again at 6 p.m my guest this week was secretary of housing and urban development under president clinton mr henry cisneros who'll be here to talk about 13 trends which make investing in real estate in urban centers a sure bet Don't miss Henry Cisneros this Tuesday at 6 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on the Voice America Business Channel.
3: together in conversations that make a difference right here on the voice America business channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m pacific standard time
0: would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you.
3: The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network.
1: And if you would like to uh, receive uh, just a, a monthly email from myself, just letting you know about what shows are coming up and uh, sharing my kind of key takes on shows and uh, and giving various bits of value uh, to you, uh, it's entirely free. Go to chris at chriscooper.co.uk and subscribe for that. Now, Joe, I'd wonder what's happening. There are times when um, you may find you're in a conversation or a situation, and suddenly you uh, maybe feel really emotional about something or even irritated by something and I know you know your values are being triggered by something how do you actually deal and act in that situation
2: well after you've screamed and shouted
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like it inside
2: yeah, yeah ideally ideally you don't that, but yeah but if your values are triggered it, it, it can make you have an emotional reaction and it's not always um quantifiable in that moment you don't just think oh you have just triggered my value but it is if you feel that something's just frustrated you or you've had an emotional reaction, ask yourself the question, which value has just been triggered? So um, for me, if somebody was deceitful, told me a lie, I would be hugely triggered. And then I sort of say, okay, I I don't need to ask the question, but what value has been triggered? Truth. You know, I've got a very high value of truth. And if something has triggered us, it's liable to have done it because the opposite of that is one of our core high values um but just by checking in and saying okay what value has been triggered here it immediately takes you to a calmer place it takes you down a few levels because you start to understand why and then we have to think well if we've been triggered by somebody else which is generally the case is We're not in control of what they do. So are we going to put our own happiness in somebody else's hands? And to take that heat away, that power away that somebody else has just had on us by actually going internal and saying, which value's just been triggered? Okay. And then if you really want to take a deep breath, so if if somebody's lied to me and I'm like, my truth value has been triggered, the deep breath is, okay, Joe, where in your life do you need to honor this value more? Because then we ask a question that we can answer rather than why did they do that or what happened or what is it with them? Now, it might well mean that we have a conversation. This is what I call the courageous conversation with somebody else that's triggered us. But first and foremost, we need to get ourselves to a calmer space and ask ourselves the question, if something's been triggered by somebody else, where in our life do we need to address that Going a bit deep there, but...
1: <laughs> well, we, we could. You mentioned courageous conversations there, and we could, if we don't ask ourselves that question, we, we could end up having a completely inappropriate conversation that we think is courageous, but actually it's a bit daft.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because we might have been triggered by something we need to look at ourselves. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's just it's taking that time to ask yourself the question and then... If somebody has triggered you and they're, if it's something that's happened and you think, actually, I don't need this in my life, you know, walk away. But if it's something you want to resolve or you're in a business situation, you might have to resolve it, then notice what it is within you. And by noticing what has been triggered in you, you are better able to have a conversation because I could say, you know, can we just talk about this? Because it's had an impact for me. Um, around truth. And what I'd like to do is understand what was important to you about what happened or, you know, what was it that was where you were coming from as to why you said what you said. So we start to ask some questions around what might have been their driver for doing it. And you might hear something completely unexpected because we never, ever know what's going on with other people inside. So I think, you know, it's um, if we can have some compassion, have have some compassion for, OK, why has this just happened? Where's the other person coming from? What's important to them? What's important to me? Let's bring it into a conversation. And our values help us to do that. And they give us a language that makes it easier for us.
1: Mm-hmm. I, sp- I suppose In situations, Joe, in the workplace, then particularly if people may be reporting to you, you can, you've got an environment where you can have those conversations. You you know somebody, then that's a great approach. But if you're maybe walking in the street and uh, you know somebody, you know a dog, somebody takes offence at your dog or something and reacts really badly or or something, it's probably. I wonder if the sensible approach, rather than to be ang- ang- angry back, is uh, is actually just to realise that maybe they've got some things to deal with. It's actually not you at all. Absolutely. That point about compassion that you mentioned.
2: Yeah, they they might have been um in the wrong place. Well, you might have been in the wrong place at the wrong time for them in their world, and. um you know, I think somebody is having a bad day and then you have a reaction. It just sends you both into a spin. I've just started saying bless you to people internally if that happens.
1: Road rage, <laughs> for example.
2: Yes, <laughs> oh. yes particularly that. <laughs> on, um, in
1: the transformation stage, you also um, talk about goals, intentions and visions. I mean, what are your thoughts on those?
2: Okay, good question. Because um, the word I've kind of dropped in there, we've not spoken about yet, is Intentions. And when we set a goal or we create our vision, different people do it in different ways. And just sometimes we have to be a little bit careful with goals because they tend to be in the future and there's, there's nothing wrong with them. And I can hear, I know one of our good friends, Dave Heiner, massive goals if he's listening. There's nothing wrong with certain goals. But people just have to be clear that um, they're not just going for something that's just too far in the future or that they've made it too big and overwhelming um and for me intentions brings it into the present because you might set an intention and okay I'm on the theme of books today so you might set the intention that says i'm writing a best selling book or i'm writing a book to change lives and help people become more courageous and you actually set the intention and that allows that to ripple out and then sets off your intuition when you sort of start seeing, hearing, feeling things that meet with that intention, then it starts bringing it into being. And goals, you know, absolutely all four goals, But make sure again, they're set in the present tense, because I've seen people set big goals. And it can create a lack because it's always in the future, or it feels too far away, or they don't start it. And it can bring up you know, some stuff. So it's just, it's just set them, but just check in, are they aligned with you? And please just make sure you set them in the present tense so that it's not something you're just always wishing for in the future. And everybody's different on this subject. And I think you've just got to find a way that works for you. Um, But for me, I like intentions because it puts a stake in the ground and it makes a commitment and it sets the intuition off.
1: I think I think there's a you know, it's a great point that that we we can find ourselves we set too bigger goals and they seem too far away we can find ourselves perhaps not enjoying the journey.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and actually, we need to be enjoying every day. I think so. Yeah, I think your your approach is sensible. Uh, I'm delighted to say, Joe, that I've uh, I've also written a book as well and the power to get things done, whether you feel like it or not. So hopefully when you set your goals and intentions and visions and uh, worked with your book, uh, my book might be helpful too to actually get them done.
2: (laughs) As I said to you before we spoke, I wish yours had come out before mine because I could have done with reading it because I tell you, there were days when I just really did not want to write. And uh, when I saw your book, I was like, I needed that.
1: (laughs) 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 yeah we we all um we all feel that sometimes and Mm. and i suppose actually you know also things like you've talked about we've talked about books quite a bit but i find the books quite an interesting subject because i meet so many people who say i want to write a book but i just haven't got started or i want to write a book but i've written a chapter and i've never got it finished uh and actually you you need strategies to help you to get these things done otherwise you'll never do them
2: yeah, absolutely. And then, and you need people around you as well, don't you? To give you a kick and challenge you. <laughs> you <do. laughs> I like yeah, no, I, I can't wait to read your book. I'm really looking forward to um to that coming out. I'm gonna tap you up for a sneak preview actually. But um yeah, I think that'll serve a, a lot of people, particularly what we've been talking about with um, you know, it's it's great, knowing our goals and being aligned, but you know, these blocks do come up. So how to get to get through those. Um, yeah, I think we could do a good double act.
1: Thanks. Well, maybe we'll get the opportunity at some point. which should be great. um Let's talk before we're, we're getting a little bit short on time now. And I'd like just to quickly talk about leading in the new world. Uh, and I've, I've all been impressed with you. I mean, three and a half years since we last spoke, you've stuck to your thing, values. And you know, for me, it's been genuinely wonderful, Joe, to see you. You know, speaking globally. I remember seeing a wonderful picture of you speaking in uh, on a stage in Iran. I think it was and. Uh, and writing now published books. So I wonder, how do you stay on the right path?
2: Yeah, um, there's a very short answer, and then I'll go on to explain it. It is be true to your values, because being true to your values is being true to you. And that is easier said than done, because I think it's harder to be true to you than sometimes to fit in. Sometimes the path of least resistance is, in the moment, to fit in with other people, because... By being true to ourselves, we've either got to speak out about something or we have to say no to something and we worry what other people might might think. So the, the staying on the path is really, really about being being true to you and it is the harder journey. And you know, when you get knocked, you get judged, it's staying true to you because ultimately, you know, it will work out. If you are honouring your own values. It has to work, but there might be some fallout along the way because particularly when you start out by honouring them, you make changes in your life and that can throw all the people around you. If other people are not ready to change, when they see somebody uh, close to them, either business or personal, making changes, it scares them a bit and people unknowingly and not on purpose will want to keep you where you are. So it makes them feel better about themselves, and that the journey of being true to you is the harder path to take, but it is the most rewarding, the most magical, and you know, well, ultimately for me, it's the only one. But it, it, it's it's not without its challenges.
1: You've, you've, my mind's just gone back to right now, and you may be able to relate to this, Joe. But I remember when I first went from you know, having steady, safe corporate jobs to announcing to the world that I wanted to be self-employed and, and set up my own business. You know, for my family, it was just uh, my parents who always saw the importance of safety in a job and they they paid for me to go to college. It seemed to them like I was just throwing it all away. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that's one way. It's quite tough, isn't it, to really stick to the path?
2: Yes, Yeah, absolutely. I've had similar with my parents as well. Are you sure you know what you're doing? No? No? Yes? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I would speak to
1: my wife and say, what's he doing in that room? Where is he? He's in his office. What's he doing in that room all day?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is, isn't it? I know. I I remember. I think my parents do understand what I do now. But early on, it was like, well, I don't know what she does, but I'm very proud of her. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, when it becomes visible, then it's much easier to be proud, isn't it?
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's you've just got to do it. I, I can't say it in any other way. It's be be true to you, but but know who you are first, and that's where I think a lot of people are struggling, and where the restlessness does come in, because it's a very very big question, isn't it? Who am I, and what's important to me? they they're not necessarily easy answers. It, it does mean taking some time to reflect and do some work
1: we've got we've got about 30 seconds joe amazingly yeah final, do you have a final thought that
2: you'd like to share with us, leave with us with yeah my final thought is if you are feeling rested rest if you are feeling restless find the gift in it because there is a gift in it because it wants you to make a change it wants you to listen and bring about transformation
1: joe it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you this afternoon i can't believe it's been three and a half years
2: I know. Let's not leave it so long next time. Thanks, Chris. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me on.
1: You're welcome. And uh, for more information um, on the Restless Executive book, uh, go to www.therestlessexecutive.com. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to pick it up in places like Amazon. Uh, now it's, uh, it's it's a fascinating book. I've, I haven't honestly fully read it myself yet. I've, I've skimmed through it, and I've uh, uh, I've got a sense of what's in it. But I can't wait to take the time on my holiday to read it. So. Uh, Buy a copy and sit in the sun and uh, and think about uh, what you're going to do after the summer. So for more information on Joe, go to joesimpson.com. On next week's show, um, I'm having a little little break next week, and I'm just delighted to be um, repeating the show that I did with Roger Masterson um, a few weeks ago. Um, I mentioned Roger earlier on in the show, and uh, that was about how he was defined as being um, stupid as a, a young child and went on to be known as the Castle Man. There's no one who's stayed in more castles than Roger or knows uh, any more about them than Roger. So I would recommend uh, listen to that next week, and then um, I shall be back again with you the following week with Chad Barr, who, who is an incredible um, online um, entrepreneur and is behind amazing people like Patricia Fripp's online presence, Alan Weiss, etc. So I strongly recommend listening to that one. So once again, thanks to Joe Simpson, and I wish you all a great week
0: thank you for listening to be more achieve more please join your host chris cooper again next friday at 8 a.m u.s pacific time typically 4 p.m london on the voice america business channel enjoy your week